on Auschwitz. The history of Auschwitz is exceptionally complex. It combined two functions, a concentration camp and an extermination center in gas chambers. Nazi Germany persecuted various groups of people there, and the camp complex continually expanded and transformed itself. In the podcast on Auschwitz, we discuss the details of the camp's history and our contemporary memory of this unique place. Activities by the Jehovah's Witnesses were banned in Nazi Germany in 1933 because of the Witnesses' religious principles and pacifistic views, as well as their organization's international connections. As a result, many of them were incarcerated in concentration camps. Teresa von Torcichy from the Memorials Research Center talks about the history and fate of some 400 Jehovah's Witnesses in Auschwitz. After... The Nazi seizure of power from 1933, concentration camps were created and among the people incarcerated were prisoners marked with a purple triangle. Who were they and what were the reasons of uh, their arrest? When the concentration camps were established in Nazi Germany after 1933, so as we know from the historians, the first two were sent for the isolation were the political opponents. So as they were planning to segregate, to make kind of clear situation with the political situation, of course, from the Nazi perspective. And gradually the society started to be also affected by the ideas of the Nazis. So the different groups were being sent, different groups of people, and some of them, because of their acts or consequences of their beliefs, sometimes religion beliefs, uh, Jehovah's Witnesses, or as we know them from the concentration camp literature, the prisoners uh, marked as IBV. It's the abbreviation of a term, Internationaler Biberforscher Vereinigung, the German term of the International Bible Students Association, organization known well in Germany. And in the mid-30s, it went through kind of changes uh, which led to division into several smaller groups. And one of the biggest, one of the most active were Jehovah's Witnesses. So that's the new term which was known to people who were in this group, not necessarily to politicians, to police, Gestapo or any other uh, institution. According to their religion, they were strongly against any type of violence, any type of dealing with something what may lead to, to weapon, to rifle, to army. They were very loyal workers, as long as the work was correct with their beliefs. And in Germany, the society started to be again focused into the preparation to war. So industry was transformed into producing for the army efforts. The everyday life has changed, started with the 
school system and um, saluting the teachers or starting the day at school with the high Hitler salute. So that was against their beliefs. Then any type of actions like some exercises, some activities for different age groups, which were having so much to do with the military system as the parades, as some other events. So this is why during the arrest, when they were asked about the explanation, the element of the religion was usually brought to the table. So this is why they became sent for concentration camps and the reason of the arrest was marked as the fact that they were members of this religious group known in Germany those days as Internationaler Biberforscher Vereinigung. They were marked with this symbol. And as different triangles started to be used in concentration camps, also separate triangle was brought for this group and it it was the purple triangle. So purple triangle with the abbreviation IBV. This is how this group was marked in concentration camps. Where did the prisoners, Jehovah Witnesses, who were deported to Auschwitz, incarcerated uh, in Auschwitz, come from? The first prisoners with purple triangle were sent within the very first groups of men sent to Auschwitz. They were mainly from Silesia region. Unfortunately, we can't say who was the first and we can't say what was his name because of the fact that the documentation is destroyed in such a large percentage. But even in the documentation relating to the first transports from June 1940, we may see some prisoners who were given this mark, IBV. This we consider as those who were, who were the first. And then, until actually the last days, the last transports sent to Auschwitz, they were among the prisoners. So the first transports were from the territories which were incorporated into Nazi Germany, but very shortly after, also from the part of Poland which was under German occupation, like the Krakow region and then Warsaw, and then also later on from uh, Wartegau, so again part which was part of uh, Germany. And also in some transports from concentration camps in Germany, like Sachsenhausen, Neuengamen, Mauthausen, there were some uh, individuals or sometimes groups, not, not really big groups, let's say like two or three prisoners, were also sent here to Auschwitz. What was their situation in the camp? Where did they work? Was there any specificity linked with this particular group of prisoners? Prisoners with purple triangle were sent for the same work as the other prisoners. And as Auschwitz was a huge building area where the new buildings were constructed, the territory around was being reorganized, so transporting building material, then some work with the ground. This is where they were sent. Work really hard, badly organized, without proper tools, regardless the weather conditions. So 
all the schools that they were actually affecting the results as the other prisoners. They became weaker within a few weeks of staying here. There were also women deported to Auschwitz and distinguished with the same category. And as we were talking about the transports where they were from, women were actually in the very first transport of women deported to Auschwitz. We know their faces as the photographs that survive. We know most of their names. And we also know what's the most important, that they were brought here from a Ravensbrück concentration camp. This group, as most of them were German, were being sent for slightly different profession. There was a needy for German administration to provide some help for the SS families. As some of the officers, especially they were here with children, so some work, some help was needed for the household. So this is why most of them were actually sent for cooking, cleaning, taking care of the children, also shopping for them as, as families. They were chosen, first of all, because they were Germans, so the problem of communication was not existing. And another thing, they were known as very loyal in terms of work they were to do. Any work which was not to deal with violence, with army, with rifle, with any elements of military, like uniforms. So this is why they were known as very, very good workers. And this is how the women were remembered. They were also trusted by the SS administration, the camp administration. For example, they were to do shopping, what meant that they were to go to the town or some places where they were to pass the so-called Grossenpostenkette, so the chain of towers isolating the whole territory of the camp from the town. To pass this area, they needed a document, Ausweis, so special paper was provided for them with the photograph. And the photograph was in a civil clothing, so not the well-known prisoner type with the striped uniforms. They were dressed like a photograph for any type of uh, documentation. And in the document there is also said where they are working, exactly uh, the name of them as SS officer, all just the place, again the places were for the SS guards. So they were having the chance to move around. And again, there was no fear for the Germans that they will try to escape because of the collective responsibility. The prisoners knew that they may brought some revenge to the other inmates with this triangle or another category. So this is why they were not escaping. Then, when some of them were having a particular job, they were being sent for this profession. And from Stanisław Zion's testimony, we know that after this short period of being on the building area, he was chosen to be the barber. And he was a barber, professional. So his place was block number 6A, and he was to look after 
all the prisoners that they are shaved and he was having a, a small closet with all the tools he needed for his job and he was to check if all the prisoners are, uh, are shaved uh, regularly. So as he was saying, this job brought him better situation in the camp. There is also a known case of the prisoner with this category, the purple triangle, brought here from Neuengamme, Henricus Haag. He was Dutch and he was arrested in Holland. He was having some training connected with being a nurse, male nurse. So here in the camp, he was sent for the hospital. That was the period when the camp administration started to pay more attention to the health, to the condition of the prisoners being used in different working area. Basically, they needed desperately hands for work. So this is why the prisoners who could recover in the hospital were to be provided some form of help. And this is why a group of male nurses were brought here to the camp. How did other prisoners remember uh, Jehovah's Witnesses in their testimonies? When I started my work on this project, that was around 1998, Kazimierz Smolen, the survivor of Auschwitz and former director of the museum, was visiting our department very often. He even had the office on the same floor. So one day I approached him and as I was in the process of collecting the testimonies going through the volumes in the archive, I decided also to ask him. He, we were just walking down the corridor, so when I, when I told him about my project, he stopped and he said they were the most reliable people in the camp, the most honest people in the camp. Then he mentioned one man he remembered. He was from the same area as he was coming from, so this is why they knew each other uh, in the camp. And then going through the different testimonies of the prisoners, I realized that there are many this type of opinion. There were no many descriptions of, uh, of relations, of some events in the camp, some situations, because in fact that was a very small group in the camp. Just occasionally they could meet. So first of all, they were very good workers. They were trying really their best, any type of work they were to do, again, which was not relating to violence, to, to army. So the work on building construction, like transporting the building material, they were always ready to work, they were not cheating, they were not pretending being sick, being tired or whatever. Just within the time given for work, they work with their all positive attitudes. And it, of course, was commented differently by the prisoners. Some of them were admiring or being surprised in a positive way with their behaviors. But some of them were saying that actually they are putting into risk or bad light the other prisoners who were just trying to save their strength 
that save their energy to work longer, to have chance to work another day, another week. So just these two type of comments. Then what also was differentiating the prisoners from the, from the others was the fact that they were trying to stay clean. Clean in a physical way, I mean clean uniform. They were trying to follow the hygienic sanitary rules. The access for the washroom was limited, but even with this crowd of people entering, they were trying to, to have the moment of, of washing. If the uniform was dirty, to clean it. If it was ruined, to fix it and to, to have proper look. Jan Otrębski, deported here and uh, registered as political prisoner, knew that there were some Jehovah's Witnesses in the camp and then he was trying to find them. He was sent at the beginning for some work by building and his physical condition was so bad. Also, he didn't have the chance to look after his uniform. So one day when he found, finally, a small group of prisoners with purple triangle. He was so happy, he started to talk to them and they looked at him in a really surprised way because the way he looked, dirty, the uniform was just ripped in many places. Only his knowledge of the literature of the Bible convinced them that he really was part of this religious group. And the first they were telling him was, well, you say you are Jehovah's Witness, but why you look so bad? Why you look so poorly? He was injured at the same time, so this is why he was in so poor condition. And the group helped him to recover. In terms of women, especially those who are working in the household of the SS families, they were having more chances to stay the way they wanted. Uh, they could wash their uniforms. They were having uh, the regular access for the, for the sanitation. But, uh, for example, the food they were receiving was the same as the prisoners. So they were cooking for the SS families, but the rations for them were brought uh, by the prisoners from the camp. So again, they were always treated with the, all the camp regulations. Some prisoners were maybe a little bit jealous about this situation, that, that the female prisoners were staying aside. But also it was a risky situation if there was any little suspicion that something disappeared from the house or they were not doing the work uh, correctly to the camp regulation they could be responsible for that and in the in the first place. So it was very, in a way, good place to be, but also with great uh, responsibility. Just going back to stories that they try to keep themselves clean and they try to look normal. What is the reason of this in their community? During my work, I asked the survivors several times about this aspect and their explanation was very short, very brief actually. They were saying that part of the general attitude to life, just to have everything around them 
in a very clean and very modest way. So having just simple clothes, like the camp uniform, was enough for them, but it has to be kept in a proper way, in a clean way. It has got to do, again, very much with the attitude to their duties, like uh, you mentioned work, the attitude to work, that it has to be done in a way it is considered as the, the right way. So if they were to transport the 10 bricks, so the 10 bricks are to be moved from place to place, as that was their task. So no cheating, no pretending of uh, anything, taking care of themselves. And also that's another thing they were stressing during the conversation. Taking care of the others was also very important. Well, they were taking care mo most of the time of the members of their community, of the members of this religious group. As there were some other prisoners around, maybe this kind of help or this kind of solidarity became too difficult to spread. There were just far too many people who were in needy. And not only just this material help was important, also emotional, uh, moral, which was again based on their religious. During the meetings, the very small meetings of 10 or 15 men on the corner in front of block number 15, they were based mainly on uh, some discussion, very short discussion, analysis of a piece of Bible and the prayer. So that was what was um, the unity for them, their beliefs. And as they are saying, this brought them kind of calm, kind of strength and positive attitude. They were all in poor condition in terms of being in concentration camp. But this religious aspect for them was having just this really important factor, clearing many of the, of the doubts or eliminating many of the doubts they had. From what you're saying, it seems that they maybe not exactly managed, but they tried to manage some kind of their own communal religious life. So to keep their beliefs in the camp and when they could meet, even in these very small numbers, this could give them some strength that they were together and well certainly the the fact that they were marked with a separate triangle helped because among thousands and thousands of red triangle political prisoners finding people who share your worldview would be much more difficult here they were so rare and therefore much easier to find and then to meet and then try to to stay together and live the way they wanted to live there is a document from the camp administration, which is illustrating what you mentioned, the tendency for uh, getting together and supporting each other. It turned out that the prisoners with purple triangle were organizing some meetings and also they were sharing their religious views uh, with other prisoners marked with different triangles, red, green, black, and that was recognized by the camp administration as some actions against the camp, against even the state. 
so a crime in fact but still their work is so good there is not really ground to punish them like execution or some other punishment so the decision was made to spread them in the working unit so they were not to be more than two in one block or one working unit sharing the religion was for some of them very natural as they were trained as they were before arrest very engaged in talking about religion teaching the others sharing literature for some it was not some of them are were saying that they were very convinced in their religion beliefs but they were not that active in terms of talking to to others with women the situation was different one of them was working in the hotel for the ss guards which was in the town just very close to the railway station and one day she was she was cleaning the windows and suddenly two women were passing this building and they noticed her triangle the purple triangle and they approached the window and told her uh, we are jehovah's witnesses and she said so you can get into the building for the toilet and they organized the secret meeting in the toilet and the next day they came again and they brought this prisoner the brochures the literature secretly of course and she managed to carry these brochures to the camp and to share them with the other female inmates and as they say that was for them really great joy not only because of the literature but also because of the fact that there were people outside who knew that they are in the camp and they were trying to help to stay in touch to support them in the way they could so that was another form of staying together as a religious group Jehovah's Witnesses were persecuted by the Nazi regime but also the Nazi regime in a way gave them a way out the only request was that they reject their faith and then they would be for example released from a prison or a concentration camp do we know any cases of using this possibility of of a way out during my conversations with the survivors this topic appeared several times the first time they are saying after they were arrested by the german police this idea was brought andrei shalbot was to join the german army he was 18 so the age that he could be called for the army and his mother signed the volksliste so the brother was already in the army but he was jehovah's witness and he didn't want he saw the brother coming back from the army how devastated he was actually seeing the war the police during the interrogation was offering him well you can sign the document and we will let you go you don't even have to join the army and he refused then when he was sent for the camp from time to time the politische abteilung so the political division uh, was calling the prisoners and the same document was on the table that they are to sign that they consider the religion as wrong and they promise not to be in touch with 
any people with this group and that was the path to be freed from the camp. All the survivors I interviewed were saying that they never met in the camp anybody who signed this document. Going through the documentation, I found a case that the female prisoner with this category was released from the camp. But most probably that was during just the routine situation in the camp that a group of prisoners was uh, released from the camp. It happened from time to time in Auschwitz. As there was no evidence of some documents she was to sign and also in her interview uh, she never mentioned this type of paper and she became all her life a member of this uh, religious group. This situation was absolutely exceptional in the camp. That was just the only group which was offered this possibility to be freed. From literature I know that in Mauthausen there were cases that some prisoners decided to do so, but here in Auschwitz the evidence I managed to gather was not proving this situation. Could you summarize the, on one hand the fate of Jehovah Witnesses in the camp? What numbers are we talking about? What do we know about how many perished in the camp? And what was their faith uh, after the war? To say exact number of the prisoners with this triangle in the camp uh, is uh, impossible due to the documentation destroyed in such a number. So in my research I gave the number of 152 people who were distinguished with category of Internationale Bibelforscher Vereinigung, International Bible Students Association. But there were so many which were given here red triangle. I already mentioned Jano Trębski, Stanisław Zając. When they were brought for the camp, they were not having this orientation, this uh, information about the whole system, the whole procedure. Jano Trębski was saying that after he met his friends from the religious group, he also was brave enough to approach the political department and ask to change the triangle, uh, but he was of course sent back for the camp and without any changes. So some group was given different colors and also about some people, we know that they were here and they were Jehovah's Witnesses, but we don't know the number or we don't know the category. Altogether in my research I was uh, giving the names of uh, 382 people. As I said, 152 with this uh, category and with this purple uh, triangle. What happened to them? Mortality rate was, especially among men, the same as the other inmates here uh, in the camp. Uh, those who survived till the evacuation were either transported to Germany in the autumn of 1944 or were in the um, evacuation. Some of them were also in the subcamps of, of Auschwitz, so the evacuation was from the other places. In terms of women, a large group was included in the evacuation in so-called death march, so they were marching from here to 
Wodzisław Śląski, Loslau at that time, and then they were uh, transported for Germany. Looking at the individual cases, I established that over 35% of them from this number perished here in Auschwitz or some other uh, camps they were uh, sent to. You can find all our On Auschwitz podcasts at www.auschwitz.org slash podcasts.